Hello! Today we will be talking about Gertrude Bedeshevsky, also known as Gertrude Van Fossen or Gertrude Wright. Uh, her nickname is the Torture Mother. Uh, she committed one of the worst crimes to this day in Indianapolis. This crime is very, very interesting because Sylvia was tortured not only by Gertrude, but by many, many others. She was tortured by Gertrude's children, and she was tortured by neighbor neighborhood children as well. And there were so many signs that Sylvia was not okay, but people did not speak out about it. So I think this um, this story is a great story. It teaches a great lesson to speak up if you feel like something is wrong, to, to trust your gut. But let's start off with Gertie's childhood. Um, not a lot is known about Gertie's childhood, actually. Uh, one... The main fact that is known about her childhood is that her father died from a heart attack in front of her eyes at only 11 years old. So her childhood was traumatic. So Gertrude dropped out of high school at the age of 16 to marry 18 year old deputy John Vanishevsky. And this marriage was not a good one. Uh, Gertie was often abused by John because he, he said that Gertrude would annoy him, uh, so this marriage was not good. They ended up having four kids together during this marriage, and they divorced, and Gertrude took full custody of the kids. Gertrude's second marriage was also unsuccessful. Her second marriage was with Edward Guthrie, and the marriage only lasted three months. This was because uh, Edward didn't like Gertrude's children. He said he was sick of her kids, so they divorced. And after this divorce, she got back together with John, her, her, her first husband. When she got back together with John, it was the same as the first one. It was not good. Uh, they ended up having two children together. And after seven years, they divorced in 1963. After she divorced uh, John, she got, she got together with Dennis Lee Wright. At the time, Dennis was 23 years old and Gertrude was 37. There was a huge age gap there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dennis abused Gertie. Uh, it was just as bad as her other relationships. She could not catch a break. She got pregnant with Dennis twice, and one resulted in a miscarriage, sadly. Um, second, uh, mar the second pregnancy resulted in her last child, Dennis Jr. After that child was born, Dennis left. When Dennis left, she was left struggling. Uh, emotionally, physically, and financially since Dennis had been supporting her and giving her money. Uh, she would sometimes get child support from uh, her first husband, John, but they were very scarce and it was not a good source of income. Uh, she did all jobs like babysitting and laundry and ironing, but it was, it was difficult to make a living for uh, seven kids, you know, the bills must have been high. And she was, she was really struggling. She had, um, around this time, she had chronic, she was chronically ill with a number of illnesses and she was not keeping up with her hygiene or she wasn't, and she wasn't eating. Now let's talk about how Sylvia and Jenny met the Banachevsky family. Um, they had a mutual friend with Paula Banachevsky, Gertie's daughter. Um, her name was Darlene McGuire and Darlene McGuire introduced Jenny and Sylvia to Paula. Paula took the girls back to the Banachevsky household. Uh, this would be the first time that Jenny and Sylvia would step foot into the house that would be torture for them. 
they had uh, they had listened to records and drank soda that day and uh, when they told Gertrude about how their mom was in county jail for shoplifting Gertrude offered uh, the girls um, a place to stay for the night the next day Lester Likens the father of Sylvia and Jenny uh, tracked down uh, Betty Likens which was their mother he asked around town if anyone had seen Sylvia and Jenny, he gave people descriptions, and he came across Darling McGuire. McGuire told uh, Lester where the girls were, and he went over to the Benedicti house, and where Gertrude introduced herself. Now, uh, him and Gertrude had hit it off, and the idea came up that um, Sylvia and Jenny come bored with Gertrude. Um, Lester talked it over with his wife, they reconciled, and they both agreed. So it was, the agreement was that every week, Lester would send Gertrude $20, which at the time uh, was uh, equal to around $160. So Gertrude jumped at the idea of getting that extra money. Uh, so that's how it all started. So let's talk about the conditions at the Benchewski house. They were not good. Uh, Gertrude only had bread and crackers in the pantry. Everything in the house was caked with a thick layer of dirt. So, cause she didn't clean anything. Um, there was no stove or microwave. Uh, only There were only plates and utensils for three people. Mind you, there were seven children living in the house plus Gertrude. So with the addition of Sylvia and Jenny, it was just way too much. Her house couldn't support it. And also there were only beds for half the people in the house. The first week that um, Jenny and Sylvia stayed with Gertrude uh, were fine actually. Um, the girls would attend church and social functions and everything was honestly going well. It was only when Lester's $20 check failed to come in when Gertrude got violent. She made Jenny and Sylvia lay across the bed and she spanked them. She made them um, pull their skirts down to their ankles and she spanked, she spanked them. And um, that was the first, like, I guess sign of something wasn't going right here. But it was, I mean, the, the abuse like that was pretty normalized back then. I'm not saying that it is right, but it was normalized back then. So when uh, Sylvia and Jenny's parents came a week later, they didn't really say anything about it because it was just kind of normalized and they were probably scared of Gertrude as well. A week after this incident, Gertrude gave Sylvia another beating with the paddle. Um, this was because Gertrude had accused Jenny and Sylvia of stealing candy that they had bought by um, going to trash, collecting Coke bottles, and uh, trading in those Coke bottles. So that was the second instance of abuse. Third instance of abuse before it led to torture was when Gertrude's children told Gertrude that they were disgusted by the amount of food that Sylvia had eaten um, after church. So Gertrude made Sylvia eat a hot dog with just a pile of condiments on it. And obviously it wasn't good, so Sylvia threw it up. And Gertrude made Sylvia eat that vomit up. 
she justified this by saying that she was really like sad and angry that um, Sylvia would ruin her physical appearance, which is no excuse at all, and it's very angering. The final event that led to the torture of Sylvia Likens was in August of 1965. Sylvia claimed that she had let a boy feel her up and Gertrude overheard and for some reason this threw Gertrude into a fit of rage. She accused um, Sylvia of being a prostitute. She told the rest of the house that Sylvia was pregnant. She then attacked Sylvia by kicking her repeatedly in the crotch. And when Sylvia tried to sit down, Paula threw her out of the chair and said, you ain't fit to sit in chairs. The next day after the beating, Sylvia and Jenny told the school that Paula was having sex with boys for money. Um, Stephanie Vanishevsky's boyfriend, Coy Hubbard, found out and he went to the Vanishevsky home and beat Sylvia up. From then on, Hubbard was encouraged by Gertrude to beat Sylvia up um, and he would come over often to beat her up. One thing that Gertrude did often was that she would pin other girls against Sylvia. Um, she pinned Sylvia's best friend against her. She convinced uh, her best friend that she had called, um, that Sylvia had called her mother a whore. And then when Anna came over to the house, um, Gertrude told her to beat her up. Gertrude also told one of Paula's friends that um, Sylvia was spreading rumors around about her mom and then she pitted her those girls against each other in a fist fight um and during that fight jenny was told by gertrude to punch sylvia and, and jenny refused to do that because jenny was her sister and she wanted to protect her sister and when jenny refused gertrude punched jenny in the face repeatedly until she finally agreed to punch sylvia in the face another instance where gertrude abused um, Sylvia, and honestly, I think this is one of the worst punishments, was when Sylvia needed a gym uniform. They wouldn't let her do, they wouldn't let her, uh, participate in gym without this uniform. And Gertrude refused to buy it for Sylvia, so Sylvia stole one from the school. She came out with the gym uniform, and Gertrude, uh, questioned her about it, and she finally made her confess to stealing the uniform. And when that happened, um, Gertrude took her cigarette, her lit cigarette, and burned it on each and every one of her fingers because she had slippery fingers. And after that, every smoker in the house would do it also. So they would just burn her on any other part of her body uh, with, this, with, with a lit cigarette. And Sylvia was locked down in the basement. Uh, and Gertrude said that she was uh, no longer fit to live with humans. And so what happened was, um, since there was a toilet in the basement, Sylvia was forced to defecate and urinate herself, and Gertrude tells us another way to abuse her. Uh, she would uh, fill a bathtub with scalding hot water and bathe um, Sylvia in it and call her a dirty girl. And some sometimes it would happen multiple times a day, and sometimes it wouldn't happen at all. Um, and after the bath, Paula would rub salt on all over Sylvia's body. This is when 14-year-old Ricky Hobbs comes into the situation. So Ricky was charged um, with manslaughter when the trial had begun. Um, Gertrude had made uh, Ricky like almost like her assistant when it came to abusing Sylvia. 
and before this, he was a good kid. He hadn't had a record of violence or anything like that. But that Gertrude and Ricky had some sort of sexual relationship, and this is what led to such a drastic change in Ricky's personality. During this time, the Banaszewski children uh, decided to turn Sylvia into a business. They would charge neighborhood kids a nickel to look at her nude or to throw her down the stairs. At this point, she wasn't ever being bathed, and she was always completely naked. She um, was very rarely fed, and when she was fed, it was in a very odd manner. For instance, um, Gertrude would make Sylvia eat soup with her hands. Also, uh, make her eat her own um, urine and feces. I also want to talk about the witnesses. The people that didn't contribute to torturing Sylvia, but still contributed um, as a crime almost, because they just didn't say anything about it. So one of those witnesses was um, the neighbors. Uh, the neighbors that lived next to the house that moved in August of 1965. And these people, they were nice people. I'm not saying that they're not nice people, but um, they didn't say anything about it. They they heard, they probably, they definitely heard the screams. And they even saw uh, Sylvia on multiple occasions with bruises on her body and just beat up. They even saw the abuse firsthand. Paula threw a um, boiling water onto Sylvia's face at a barbecue once at the neighbor's house. And they also saw Sylvia um, with uh, black eyes and stuff at the house one day when they came to visit. And when asked how that happened to Sylvia, um, Paula showed them exactly how it happened. She took out a belt and started beating Sylvia with a belt. Even though they saw this abuse firsthand, um, and they they were definitely suspecting someone something they just didn't report it they didn't report it to anyone and this is one of the main reasons how I wanted to share this story because even though you may think it's not your problem it's not it doesn't uh, concern you it does concern you because Sylvia died due to the torture along with the neighbors being witness to what was happening to Sylvia and not reporting it another girl named Judy um, Judy, she saw what was happening to Sylvia and Jenny. She went to her mom and told her what was happening, and her mom replied with, it's just a punishment, and she she just didn't report it. Jenny had also wrote a letter and contacted Sylvia's older sister, Diana. She was married, she had her own family, um, and Jenny told uh, Diana in that letter everything that was happening, but Diana just thought that Jenny was not happy with her living situation and she wanted out and that she was over exaggerating and making up her story. At some point Diana had come to the house to visit her sisters and Gertrude did not let her in. Gertrude told Diana that her father um, told her not to let her in and not to let her see um, her sisters. Diana was obviously concerned because why would her dad say that and she contacted social services. Uh, a social worker came to the house and um, Gertrude told the social worker that she had kicked uh, Sylvia out because she was a prostitute and she was unclean. Uh, Jenny was still in the house um, and Gertrude told Jenny that if she told the social worker what was actually happening that she would join her sister in the basement, um, naked and afraid. Uh, so this is the end of Sylvia's story, although there is still a trial. 
this video. So, Jenny did tell the social worker that Sylvia had run away. Sylvia didn't go a long time this time, and it's just way too much to cover in one video. So I will be only I will only be covering the most memorable things that happened to Sylvia before she died. One of the most memorable things that Gertrude and her children and uh, the neighborhood kids did to Sylvia was they carved "I'm a prostitute" in the crowd of it into her stomach, and Gertrude used a needle to carve the I and part of the M into Sylvia's stomach, and then she told Ricky to do the rest. But Ricky d did not know how to spell prostitute, so she asked, um, or he asked uh, Gertrude to spell it out for him. And After Ricky ca carved I am a prostitute into Sylvia's stomach, um, Gertrude left and the children carved a S and a three onto her stomach and then Gertrude came back and told Sylvia, um, she said to her, what are you going to do now, Sylvia? You can't get married now. You can't undress in front of anyone. What are you going to do? And Sylvia responded with, I guess there's nothing I can do. It's on there. Um, after that, Jenny went downstairs and Sylvia told her that she felt that she was going to die, that she knew she was going to die. She said, I'm going to die and I can tell. Um, so Banishevsky or Gertrude uh, took her upstairs and had her sleep in the bed until noon. Um, Sylvia had told Jenny that she was going to die around uh, late night, midnight. Um, so she, she was allowed to sleep until noon of the next day. Uh, and October 23rd, she woke her up and gave her a warm soapy bath. They dressed her, and um, that day, she, Janet Sylvia was forced to write a, a letter, and I'm going to read this letter right now. The letter read, I went with a gang of boys in the middle of the night, and they, they said that they would pay me if I would give them something, so I got in the car, and they all got what they wanted, and when they got finished, they beat me up and left sores in my face all over my body, and they also put on my stomach, I am a prostitute and proud of it. I have done just about everything that I could do to make her be mad and cause Gertie more money than she got. she's got. I tore up her new mattress and peed on it. I have also caused her to doctor bills that she cannot pay. She, Gertie instructed Sylvia not to sign it, which is very strange. Um, Sylvia died October 26, 1965. The events of that day are as follows. According to Richard Hobbs, um, Sylvia was very pale and cold when she came up from the basement. Gertrude brought up Sylvia up from the basement because she wanted to give her a warm bath. So they put her in the little bathtub, fully clothed, and they gave her the warm bath. When she got out of the tub, she wasn't breathing, so they gave her CPR and mouth-to-mouth. -mouth. And according to Richard Hobbs, after they gave her mouth-to-mouth -mouth for about 10 minutes, he called the police. When the police arrived, Gertrude gave the police the letter that she had made Sylvia write before about um, her leaving with a group of boys and that they would beat her. But Jenny told um, the police, get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. 
Um, this statement, combined with the police di police's discovery of Sylvia's body in the basement, prompted them to kill, not kill, sorry, arrest Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, John, Richard, and Coy for the murder of Sylvia Likens. Additionally, they also arrested the neighborhood children present at the time. These people were Mike Monroe, Randy Lepper, Duke, and Sisko, and they were arrested for injury to person. This is the end of Sylvia's story. Although there is still a trial, this video, or this podcast, sorry, would be probably two hours long if you went over everything that happened to her. So, thank you so much for listening and staying to hear the story of Gertrude Majeski and Sylvia Likens. I really wanted to do this and talk about this um, case just because it was so interesting and I just wanted to like put Sylvia's story out there because it deserves to be heard. My sources for this uh, were an interview with Richard Hobbs and Gertrude Benashevsky and it was just basically um, their they're kind of like witness, what they witnessed. So Richard talked about what he witnessed and what he had done. And Gertrude just denied everything in that interview. And it just shows how much, I guess, remorse she lacked. And how she just didn't want to take um, responsibility for her actions. And another uh, source I used was an overview of the entire case on Mediapedia, Murderpedia's uh, uh, website. So I, just, I, I used this source a lot. It like really goes into detail of all like the trial, um, the torture, Gertrude, you know, all that. Um, I also used a podcast um, about Sylvia's abuse and it just, it was also just an overview of the entire case and it mentioned a lot of important facts and I also uh, used Bailey Sarian's video about Gertrude Benchewski and um, this was how I first heard of the case and what interested me interested me the most about the case and Bailey Sarian is a youtuber that makes mostly content about uh, murderers and uh, criminals 